0: the impossible things podcast here are three average guys discussing the impossible jesse human jimmy donahue and
1: your host kyle Cole.
0: welcome back to the impossible things podcast it is me kyle here with jesse and only jesse this time oh we we, we had to ship jimmy back to country of origin I mean, no, that's not it. That's not it at all. I
1: bet he's I starting figured... to feel like that's his country of origin. Yeah,
0: probably. <laughs> I, everything else says Made in China. Why not Jimmy, too? We, uh, we had to part ways for a little bit here. Um, I, it is doubtful you will hear him at all during the month of December. Uh, but we've been surprised in the past. Who knows? Indeed. So today, Jesse, what are we covering?
1: Photosynthesis. but
0: Photosynthesis? Like that plant thing?
1: But not in plants.
0: Oh, oh, that's a turn.
1: We are well aware that plants. Oh, this is. Okay. I wrote something weird. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Never happens.
1: So, uh, <laughs> it does happen. Uh, we're talking about photosynthesis in humans. What? What if we, like plants, could convert the sun's energy, water, and carbon dioxide into food food and fuel for our bodies
0: it's like skipping a whole step Mm -hmm. or or two steps depending on what type of food you eat i guess
1: i was thinking i was thinking it's like skipping steps and then i also had the thought it's sort of like putting ourselves at the other end of the food chain the like
0: putting us back at the bottom essentially
1: the uh not the Without food, not the food chain, as in the, the predatory. Yeah. Yeah, but the, uh, the maybe the production chain. The
0: food process. Yeah. Okay.
1: Because that, that makes enough sense. Plants plants take in. Uh, you know the hydrogen and, or they produce hydrogen and oxygen, but they just dispose of the oxygen and then we use it. Right. And then they use they use carbon dioxide, which we expel. And they use the sun's energy and water to make what we can eat for fuel for our bodies, and then we, in turn, help plants by producing carbon dioxide. Well, kind of as long as it's not too much.
0: It kind of sounds like we're like we're just closing that loop and and shrinking it a little bit. Then, like instead of us (laughs) like instead of us creating like a three deep reliance on stuff. (laughs) We've removed our reliance on a couple of the middle items and we've we've just like become I don't know uh, what would you call it? Codependent, I guess, with plants.
1: Is that we are are now or we would be No
0: we we are now, but I mean like right now we're not we're not just codependent on plants. We're like dependent on you know, the the ox that eats the or the cow that eats the the grass. The grass is dependent on the sun and then what we expel. Yep. It's like, well, we're just cutting that out potentially, and then we're actually not even consuming the, you know, the greens as it were. So we're really not we're not taking anything away from the earth. Crazy, right? My goodness, that's a that's a heavy topic. Well, before we get into that, though, how how are you? What have you been up to?
1: I've been I've been busy at work. I took Ooh. on a a larger a larger scale uh commitment time-wise the last week or so and it it's is, probably been a
0: good change of pace though
1: it is a little nice it's nice but i'm looking forward to going back to my regular but <laughs> well, what hopefully, about hopefully you, you had...
0: well i was gonna say hopefully it's nothing i caused by by being being out no, no, since
1: no. You... i took last this on time...
0: myself well it's good i'm glad so last time we talked was the the day before, a mere a mere few hours before my second child was born. That's right. That's right. And that uh, things went what relatively as planned. A small hiccup uh, about a week after, but uh, other uh-huh. than that, every everybody's healthy, everybody's happy and home, and we're figuring out what normal is with a three-year-old boy and a what yeah. eleven eleven day? No, wait, twelve, thirteen, thirteen or fourteen day old.
1: Yep, they start um, going by quick. Yeah, days. it's already
0: whew, goodness. I mean, it was much easier when it was like, "Oh, when was that kid born?" Wow, well, he was born Monday. And that's yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah. those times are gone. I mean, it, it really is amazing. I have to tell you, Definitely. I watched I watched a lot more of the uh, process than I did last time. It is amazing <laughs> how quickly they can uh, put the mother's life back to normal when it's like a completely planned, scheduled C-section.
1: Nice. Uh, it was,
0: yeah. a, it was really weird to go into the hospital on a Monday morning and get out on Wednesday afternoon, and everything went mm-hmm. relatively as planned. It was just weird.
1: <laughs> but it's been cool. That's it's great. been pretty cool. That's been cool. really good.
0: So Happy you know, for you guys. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> um, so we didn't do an episode last week, which was odd. I mean, I guess not yeah, odd that, for me. I kind of forgot, but... It,
1: it was on my radar, but I, there was no way I was going to be able to
0: make it happen. Yeah. I mean, I think we're still trying to figure out what to do with that fourth episode of the month, because like, we really can only commit to three of these core long, all of us sit down together and get them done episodes.
1: Yeah. And at I least think, for now. I think our listeners want to break too. I
0: uh, goodness. I would, I, I mean, like I, mean, I don't want to listen them. to us every week. Yeah. Right. All two of them. <laughs> um, but like, other than that though, like I, so that being said, sorry, if you missed us, if you didn't miss us, then sorry, we're back. Uh, what are we covering the rest of the December then? How does photosynthesis tie into the rest of the topics, if at all?
1: Well, I don't think it. I don't know that it does, but we we might be surprised. Uh, I originally, been surprised? Yes. Yeah. Originally, we had a different topic completely in this slot, which was modular cities, but it just happened to be on the docket twice, and we did ah. modular cities, if you will recall, earlier. Second in the,
0: episode of the season.
1: That's right. Somehow it got duplicated and placed in this December, the first episode in December spot, as well. Cool. So what so, you're saying
0: is you wrote something down weird.
1: That seems to be a theme of of today.
0: No, it never yeah. happens. I, I assure you, I do it far more than you do.
1: <laughs> it actually, it actually happens. It does.
0: <laughs> so it's good to know you're human. But uh, what? Are, so the other two topics we have for the month are dinosaurs and dragons which the two of those like you I guess could tie a relatively straight line between but I'm not really sure how this fits in it sounds like it just doesn't and that's where we're no. at
1: and neither did modular cities I don't know why we'd... yeah I guess that's true there modular just, wasn't, cities wouldn't there just wasn't a third I don't know, I guess reptilian uh... <laughs>
0: <laughs> Flat, flattening flatter larger surface area no I don't know I got nothing
1: hmm, yeah interesting maybe that. That yeah. okay. So, yeah, so this one was just one of those we needed something to put in this slot, and uh somebody somebody mentioned it to me that that uh crazy old guy was convinced that the next phase of human evolution was that we'd be able to photosynthesize. Interesting. And he was so adamant about it to this person that I know who was telling mm-hmm. me and I- I would I would name your name if I could remember who you are.
0: <laughs> <laughs> those are the best types of situations, though. Um, so, so though I mean those. Yes. Okay. Th- that's our episode for today. Those are two episodes for the rest of the month. The other episode that we would normally do, that fourth one, would be on the twenty-sixth of December. Being that we've been so consistent about recording these, like. A day or two before they're supposed to air, yeah. it is highly doubtful there's going to be an episode on the twenty sixth. So we're telling you so far in advance you'll forget.
1: There's yeah, probably I'd, I'd not be be an episode.
0: Yeah, don't don't expect be it. Probably. Have a good Christmas off from listening to our boring voices. I mean, really, <laughs> we're there without Jimmy. We're just not interesting at all. What? What?
1: Kind of wants me there.
0: <laughs> okay. Well then. With or without Jimmy, we're just not interesting at all. Oh, anyway, okay, so I think let's talk.
1: We're interesting, honestly, or I wouldn't. I wouldn't well,
0: I'm out. I'm interested in hearing us. I just don't know if the other two listeners are. No. Well, just whatever.
1: They keep listening, oh, so
0: they do, but they don't say anything. They're very silent, silent in this, or or we get cryptic things like research suggestions, but with no explanation.
1: Hmm. I just think that's so that's, that's so puzzling. That's better than nothing.
0: The only person who actually, who actively—I'm not the only person. One of the only people that actively participates, puts his name behind it, is Greg Sarvis.
1: Yeah, that's right.
0: He's, he's the only one. He's the only one. Our good electrical engineer friend, who's on his honeymoon, so he's not likely listening to this at all.
1: Well, that's that's good. That would be a terrible choice of the way to spend your time on your honeymoon.
0: Unless you're trying to fall asleep. Solid point. Yeah. So. Well, Greg, I, I hope this uh, lulls you to sleep or uh, you enjoy it. I don't I don't really care which, <laughs> but uh, enjoy your honeymoon. Okay, so let's 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 get down to brass tacks here. What? Or or you know to photosynthesizing. So uh, typically or typically, what what photosynthesis is today in nature, what we know about, is essentially how plants consume the sun's energy and. Rework it into a I don't know a growth process for themselves. Is that is that essentially what it is? Is it, it's their food?
1: They they use they take the uh, so they have they have in their in their leaves something called uh, chloroplasts, which produces chlorophyll, and then they use it to they mix that with uh, hydrogen that they get from the from the sun process and also carbon dioxide and water and they mix it together and that becomes actually the hydrogen probably comes from water now that i think about it
0: oh yeah never really thought about it though and then that makes was there yeah
1: that makes sugar or glucose for them to use for growth and that is what they that is how they get their energy sugar is energy and we use you know we have we use sugar as energy too all, right. all of our food, essentially, that we eat breaks down to sugar, either in a slower or faster way, time, time period. Yes. So, yeah, it would seem kind of, yeah, let's just skip a step. Why we need digestive systems? If we can just, you know, use the sun's energy and carbon dioxide and water. Yeah. And do that process.
0: Well, I I mean, like, I I can see there's a lot of inherent benefits, like, you can just, just thinking about the logistics of, like, consuming food, or, I mean, in this case, not consuming food, and what benefits there might be there. I think Mm -hmm. the unintended consequence of this type of thinking is that it's not just the evolution of humanity to be able to, like, use the sun's energy to to create energy, um, or, I guess, to create growth or to create sustenance. It's not just that, is that it kind of screws up the two, like, I feel it screws up the two or may screw up the two, like, downward processes of, like, waste, like human waste. Is that part of what comes out in human waste is uh, toxins in our body, not all of which are from food, some of which are just from living. Mm -hmm. And if we're not consuming food the same way, and if we're expelling energy under different methods... Then it's potential that we might not have that we, we might not have the same capability to expel those toxins. So I'd imagine that in addition to evolving enough to like be able to absorb the sun in the way that we're talking here and photosynthesize, uh, we would also have to f- find a way essentially to to expel toxins a different way. Granted, like we do it through sweat and other other means as well, but it's just interesting. And I certainly don't think we could get away with. I mean, being that. That's part of like the plants' ecosystem. We couldn't get away without having water, so I guess that pushes that still.
1: Yeah, yeah, we would still need water. Definitely. I have no
0: research that reflects that opinion. I just I, I was thinking about it just now as we were talking about skipping steps, and it's like, well, yeah, but well, what happens after we consume that?
1: <laughs> Good point.
0: So anyway, I how
1: plants get rid of that? They have to have waste too, I would think.
0: Well, yeah, but their waste their waste just happens to be our benefit, though. It's oxygen, isn't it?
1: Yeah. So.
0: Oxygen, and then stuff into the soil, nutrients into the, what ends up being nutrients into the soil. There's really not a there's not a bad thing about plants, other than I can't keep them alive.
1: <laughs> that's not plants' fault.
0: Oh, well, no, that's definitely my fault. The, the toxins are just me being there. So anyway, <laughs> what what is, I mean? I think that the biggest target here about what the benefit of this is, other than just like not having to worry about eating ever, is that they're. You know, a shortage of resources, right?
1: Right. Yeah, there's there's some uh, 795 million people in the world that don't have enough food to live a healthy, active life. And that is, you know, that, to me, when I'm thinking about that, it's like, okay, that is a real reason to try to get, you know, at least some sustenance some other way. Yeah. But there's a lot of other ways to solve that problem, too. And this is probably... One of the farther out ways to make sure people have the the life-giving sustenance they need.
0: Well, but uh, I mean, at the same time, though, it's like it's one of those things that, like, I can't really call it an obvious solution because there there is no real solution that leads to the solution. Mm -hmm. But it's pretty obvious. There's enough sun everywhere in the world, uh, save for a couple of places during certain times of the year, like right now, North Pole not getting a ton of sun.
1: Well, not many people Um, live there
0: right but that's the thing is like you know they're barren lands anyway but like you go to africa like middle of africa or middle of india where there are food shortages Mm -hmm. um like that they get enough sun most of the year that this might not be that big of a deal and that's where Um, most
1: developing countries are where the uh the hungry population is
0: right so i mean like it's certainly not it's not completely out of the realm of Possibility that that would be a solution. Like I said, even though there's not really a solution for the solution, that makes a lot more sense. But what exactly would we need to change about the like humanity, like the the human design? What would we need to change about that in order to make this possible?
1: Well, it looks like there's three. It, the the changes will be threefold for us, and it's basically the difference between us and plants. And the first one is the probably the most obvious is that we don't have the the chloroplasts that that produce the chlorophyll to to harvest the sun's energy like that so we would need we would need to get that somehow on our skin okay plants are kind of uh they have the chloroplasts on their on their leaves and stuff and that's the reason why plants appear green to us is because they absorb the yellow and blue or what is it? The yellow and red light. Mm -hmm. And so what's reflected that our eyes pick up is green. So the kind of the greener they are, the more of that orange yellowy reddish light they're absorbing, Uh which is, which is the energy, which is the, uh, the light range that they need to produce that. So, I mean, we, our skin and, you know, all humans, don't appear green, no, not any color of human skin appears green,
0: right because that element is not in there,
1: not even close, right, and we have melanin, but it's not, and that ab- does absorb some some of the sun, but it's not able to it doesn't have the the converting uh, properties right that, that chloroplasts will give us,
0: which is funny. I did find an article that cited melanin as being a sun absorptive. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it came to the same conclusion you just said is that there's no way to yeah
1: the, the next step is not there
0: yeah conversion there's no conversion
1: also okay so that's the first one the next one is that uh, plants have a lot of surface area in their leaves you know we're basically if you compare a person a human to a tree we're just the trunk we don't have all the leaves, that, which are basically, you know, solar receptors out right. there gathering, you know, sun's rays. So that's a problem. We would need much more. And, uh, you know, we don't actually have a way of getting, our skin is too thick. We don't actually have a way of, of, of using osmosis like plants do to to bring in, you know, some of that stuff from the air. The water, yeah. water, dry it. You know, we drink it, I guess.
0: Right. So maybe that's Like, not I mean, we, we, we can force it into the system, that, unlike plants that just have to kind of, like, either mm-hmm. wait for rain or just kind of hold their branches out and absorb it from right. the air.
1: But even if... So I think that the porous skin thing is... Well, I don't know. That's... It's weird.
0: Yeah, that, that's... But, that, yeah.
1: Also, the... Uh, Another big problem, which kind of relates, I guess, back to the the chloroplasts and chlorophyll issue, is that the the process is really inefficient. In a plant, it only you know they they can only produce about two hundred calories in a day. Okay. And uh, humans need about two thousand.
0: Twenty, yeah, two thousand to three thousand, depending on your right, activity. Right. Right.
1: And you'd have to spend you'd have to spend all day in the sun. Even, we should even uh... just to get that much so
0: we should uh, clarify something here uh, just because it it is definitely something that is quite over overused we may have even brought this up once before about what a calorie actually is as a unit of measurement
1: okay go
0: ahead so okay so calorie I'm, i'm super stoked that i like remember this i'm going to read it for the sake of not screwing up like the quantities but what a calorie is is The amount of energy needed to raise the temperature of one gram of water one degree Celsius, and so that is that measurement.
1: Uh, Aight, I didn't know that. Yes, it's really
0: interesting. I well, I remember it because of the 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 five minutes I spent in uh, either chemistry or biology, probably biology, in high school. (laughs) They actually like we actually did this to in order to measure like the the caloric property of a particular food, where we burned it off the same way that they do when they calculate calories. And so it was really interesting to watch. And it's like, oh, so you just like monitor the temperature of the water and you burn this thing underneath it, essentially. And you look and see when the water changes temperature. And that's like one, you know, one calorie. It's just, and that's how, that's how
1: we rate all our food,
0: all of our food and all of our like, you know, daily living. Like my, I, I just got an Apple Watch recently and that is exactly how they quantify how much energy you've used throughout the day and how much weight loss potentially you you're progressing towards it's it's a in my mind and I think this is what your incred, incredulity is at is that in my mind it's a very arbitrary formula for you know intake and uh, expended energy yeah especially but, if nobody knows what it
1: means That's true I mean I it's better than nothing and we need something a, a concrete way to quantify quantify that energy use and consumption. Right, but so I just in don't that way, I it's but it I think is necessary. You, go ahead. But yeah, okay, so the what I was thinking was what does burning the food have to do with how my body is gonna use it? I don't right. have a little furnace inside of me.
0: Well, you have even an, an acid content, way. and you yeah, know, and your body does generate heat. So, I mean, I get—I guess you could tie it together there. But like, at the same time, like when you when you say just calorie to a layperson, just mm-hmm. anybody out of context, they are immediately going to think of the nutrition facts that are printed on the side of the box. Yeah, nobody is thinking that that is a as a measurement of energy. They're thinking of it as a measurement of food, and I think that's the danger with it is that the connotation is always geared at what you're putting in and not actually what's happening and calorie i mean calorie is no different than like what we describe a period of time between like now and now
1: mm-hmm.
0: and we say that that's one second like we we we've just used that as a means of measuring you know the distance between two points in time and all a calorie is is measuring the distance between two points in energy right. we just needed a way to do it but, like, that is not the way most people view a calorie, which is why I always love, you know, if, if if anybody ever presses me for, like, what's a random fact you know, this is one of them. Because it's, I think it's the most misunderstood, like, the most misunderstood unit of measurement in the entire scale of anything. And it's thrown around a lot.
1: <laughs> I always thought parsecs were pretty misunderstood.
0: That's true. <laughs> Especially out of context. Anyway. Um, but that that being said though yeah. like when you when you think about it under those conditions when you hear about the definition 300 calories a plant is doing that that's pretty impressive <laughs> a plant is changing like I guess 300 grams of water one degree or one gram of water 300 degree I don't know but like it's it's actually that's a lot of energy for an inanimate object that can't think yeah I'm impressed I don't know I'm impressed I don't know if anybody else can be
1: it is. I guess it is kind of a lot of energy when you think about it that way, but I mean, they they have to grow, they have to make fruit for us,
0: and their life cycles relatively shorter, you know, yeah. depending on the organism.
1: Yeah.
0: But anyway, okay. So those those are the those are the challenges in uh, in uh, in humans. Like, is there anything that is there anything that's more animate than a plant, but less animate than a humid a human? If that's you know, a way to describe this. Is there any other organism on the planet that's a little more lively than a plant that actually uses this kind of uh, energy consumption?
1: It seems there are... Uh, I wouldn't have said this, but there was a... I mean, I, the research is out there and I found it several different places, but there was a, a BBC article that basically... I think this was spurred on by the by a recent discovery of the Elysia slug... I mean, we knew that it had... And by we, I mean they, the scientific community. right. (laughs) Uh, We knew that it had a a relationship with light and the way that it... Or no, it wasn't that. What did they know? Oh, the algae. It uses algae to... to, It would eat the algae, but not very often. And so they thought, well, somehow it's being sustained. And so there was a discovery made that the... uh, the slug was eating um, photosynthesizing algae and then since the slug is kind of translucent the algae would continue to produce glucose inside the digestive tract of the slug and it could it was being sustained off of that for most of the year so it only had to eat twice a year and then the rest of the time it was just being sustained by the, the algae so huh. the slug itself is not a photosynthesizing creature, yes. But it has it has what they're calling a, a symbiotic uh, relationship. Yeah. Huh. But so there's this whole this whole branch off of of research that I got into a little bit about symbiosis and photosynthesizing right. <laughs>
0: right. symbiosis.
1: Now it's a real rabbit hole.
0: Oh, uh, yeah.
1: Some of the articles I, that I wanted to read, I couldn't read because they're they're in scholarly journals, and I didn't have a login. Ugh. But that's okay. So much so
0: much for free information. <laughs>
1: it wasn't well. It's it's all this this particular line of research had been done in Cambridge and stuff. So oh,
0: you know,
1: they have different
0: yeah. rabbit hole, indeed, sir.
1: So that was it was interesting to me, but it didn't really pertain.
0: But the the symbiotic relationship, though, between those two organisms, like. That still reduces the amount of consumption of particular food. Right. So I mean it doesn't compl- it doesn't like eliminate the, the, the dependence on other organisms for food, but it certainly reduces it.
1: Mm-hmm. Like so I mean, think you have in the notes issue, in, like though. they
0: only have to eat like two weeks a year, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, crazy. It's crazy. So the other the other I think the coral was the one that they that they wrote the article about or they wrote the okay. paper about. So I actually, I had it in the notes. And I took it out, but I want to go back to the since it since we came upon it, it's actually really interesting. So it is um, the names are Smith and I forget, but it's a uh, oh yeah, botanist David Smith and entomologist Elizabeth Bernays explain why. Such partnerships are more complicated than they seem, because at first you think about it and you go, "Oh yeah, a photosynthesizing plant and a, uh, uh, you know, some kind of creature. They yeah. kind of they they emit each other's food. You know, they one is waste to one and and food to the other. And they why not they just enter into a a close symbiotic relationship or right. I'm producing what you need, you're producing what I need, but but one ends up being a host. Like the slug is to the algae, interesting. Even though the, the slug has eaten the algae, right? So the the slug needs to not not um, feed the algae too much, right? Or okay. it'll take over.
0: Interesting. So it's like a delicate but balance.
1: It is incredibly so. That was why they and it. You know, they wrote this whole paper about why. It doesn't. It really work a lot of times, but in rare cases we have seen it because it's such a delicate balance. So the yeah. other example they have is coral, and then there was a. There's a spotted salamander that has a, a similar thing, but it's actually the babies get this. It's a. It's a bacteria. And they get it in utero. Or in their egg, yeah, in an egg, they're not, they're not mammals. So somehow they get it in the egg, and it, it stays on their skin, and it's, it's a bacteria, or it's a fungus. I think it's a bacteria. Mhm. And uh, oh, here it is, right here. Its green-tinged eggs are loaded with algae, which eventually invade the cells of the embryos within. Whoa. Turning them into a solar powered animals. The That's algae. cool. So it's just the babies though. The oh. algae die as the salamanders turn into adults, but not before providing them with useful source of energy in the earliest parts of their lives. Which is crazy.
0: That is a trip.
1: So it does it is actually it's a thing. So like
0: the baby salamanders actually have this.
1: Yeah. It's just it's but it's not you know, they're not, it's still kind of that, that symbiotic relationship where they're keeping right, the sure. algae. It's yeah. algae. It's just a, a fungus. On yeah, it. I
0: know. But if you, but if you, like, if there was a way to like simulate that or not even simulate that, but a way to find that balance in, you know, in humans, mm-hmm. p- potentially you could do this. Potentially. I guess so. I mean, like, there, it's way, way, obviously and clearly, way more difficult than that. But it's not out of the realm of possibility, because I mean, like, it, it exists in an organism, in a living organism. Granted, it's a reptile and not, right. Not, not a mammal. But are there any mammals by chance? Because like, I think everything you have here is uh, insect or or um, I think... reptile, apparently, or plant.
1: So, there was two insects that I didn't talk about, but yes, um, they're not mammals either.
0: no, yeah I, the, yeah I don't see any mammals.
1: The only vertebrate, yeah, the only vertebrate that was that had these properties was the spotted salamander right, so there was another there was a a research project done in uh, somewhere in California. Let's see where if I can find this yeah. Where this a scientist took? Uh, let's see if I can find it real quick. But she was able to inject photosynthesizing cells into a zebra fish. Okay. Oh, it's bacteria. That's where the bacteria comes in. Oh, UCLA got a baby zebra fish to photosyn to accept photosynthesizing bacteria simply by injecting them into the fish when they were embryos. She wrote on her blog, the biggest surprise was that nothing happened. The fish cannot photosynthesize, but they didn't reject the bacteria either. So they
0: just became a carrier.
1: Yep, it's just in their DNA.
0: Hmm.
1: Or it's in their bodies. It didn't actually sound like it's a DNA change. But since we mentioned DNA, there may be an easier way than, than trying to do this whole dance with bacteria or an algae or something okay. which would be to change our genes or insert a, a gene a synthesized uh, DNA strand that doesn't exist in nature but it's something that we've developed in the lab and we can splice in using the technology that we've talked about before the CRISPR.
0: Oh yes, the CRISPR. Yeah. Took me a second to realize you weren't talking about the drawer.
1: Right. Yes, not the. Yeah, right. Not I the lettuce
0: no, You never know.
1: I, it is something I, I reference quite often. Yeah, the CRISPR. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm hmm. The CRISPR. You want to give a quick overview, just for anybody who might have started listening at this point?
1: Yeah. It's basically, it's a it's gene editing. Process. It's a process. Let's see if I can get the if I can pull up the acronym real quick. It is an acronym, but it basically it allows yeah, yeah. The I'm really I'm not doing this very well. It's a is a process by which scientists have been able to edit the genome of organisms and a, a gene splicing it's a gene splicing tool. I should have just said that first.
0: <laughs> Whatever.
1: <laughs> I caught your drift. Targeted genome. Yeah, it's that's it's okay, so the uh Cast nine, that's right. The episode that we really got into this was the super soldiers. Yes.
0: Right? Well so if you think about be... it, if you if you can get people to photosynthesize <laughs> food, that's pretty yeah. super for a soldier. Yeah. Kind of applicable.
1: Exactly. Clustered, regularly interspaced, short, palindromic repeats. And that's sure right. Enough. So the, the DNA, when they would find these places where it repeats in a palindromic, palindromic uh, being, it goes forward in one way, and then it, there's this, a point, and then it, goes, it repeats itself in a mirror image. And so in between those repeats, they're able to cut and splice in a new section. So we talked about in super soldiers, it was only we were only really talking about taking something that already existed. Like bioluminescence was one of the things we, we talked about. Although I'm not really sure why that's useful for a soldier, but that exists. <laughs> yeah, I right? think that's, that's the
0: opposite of what you want. But yeah,
1: <laughs> that exists in nature, and it's something that we could copy <laughs> from from another from the fish that has it, and then splice it into a human. A human genome, or maybe the regeneration properties is a better example, like you regrow an arm or something like a uh, right like a lizard does uh so they would we would be able to get that take take their genome, get that section of it, splice it into our genome, and potentially have that capability and there's other genes that are on and off, and there's there's genes that we already have in our genome that that aren't being activated so we could splice in an on switch that would give us the ability to i don't know stay awake longer without needing rest right etc but this is the photosynthesizing thing would be you know no since no animals really do it the way a plants a plant can do it we would have to be it would be something completely new, but there is some research being done uh, by—I don't think I wrote down his name—Lorenzo. It's—is a, a Spanish biologist. Something de Lorenzo. De Lorenzo.
0: Lorenzo. So when you say Spanish, you mean Spain? In Spanish, Spain, yeah. Just thought I would clarify. You just never know nowadays.
1: Um, so he is actually Victor De Lorenzo.
0: Victor De Lorenzo.
1: He's a pioneer in synthetic biology.
0: That's interesting. Damn. It's an interesting so field of study.
1: Yeah. There's a video that we should link to. On YouTube. It's a little 10 minute short documentary on their lab and the things that they're doing.
0: Yeah, lay it on me, man. I want to see that.
1: Very, very cool. Let's see if I can clip it. Clip it. Clip it. Silence, terrible awkward silence
0: <laughs> that's what editing's for oh yes, okay, so what it sounds like though is a like the only hope of this actually having a possibility today at this point <laughs> there thereby in our lifetimes is uh synthetic and synthetic means of like replicating what's happening in a salamander at you it, you know at birth mm-hmm. and through youth, but like doing that synthetically for humans who are already adults. Yeah. because like, nobody's testing this on a kid. Clearly <laughs> like that's just not going to happen. Um, and it's never gonna get tested on a baby. At least like not mm-hmm. without some, some trouble. Don't um, it, but like, it sounds like there, if there's any sliver of a slim chance that this is possible, that's where it is. Synthetic biology.
1: I think that's, that Victor lorenzo
0: Victor
1: So there's another, there's another thing, uh, called retroviruses, which I retroviruses. only oh, yeah. just barely scratched the surface of, but that's something that could possibly have the ability to change a genome of a full-grown human and change it right now. You know, we wouldn't have to put this into somebody who has a baby. You just change it, and then hmm. changes take effect. I'm not so sure. The, change,
0: the changes are natural, but the specifying the change is not.
1: Uh can you rephrase that question? <laughs>
0: like so you manipulate you manipulate you, you manipulate the genes of the mm-hmm. organism mm-hmm. and then the organism just does what it does.
1: Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, yes. Uh, so I guess
0: it really isn't all that different than any sort of like genetic programming that is potentially being discussed and tested to like pro- to determine like Predetermine the sex of the of the child, or whether or not the the child will have diseases or developmental issues. Right. It's really no different than that because you're just re, I guess, for lack of a better description, you're reprogramming the DNA to do what you want it to do. But we're not this even talking. Be, we're not even talking about another... a,
1: a child, though. You could just with the with the retrovirus technology, you mm-hmm. just you put it in you you inject it to. It's like it's like Captain America, you know. He just got the injection, and then, bam, he started changing. So it wasn't like it wasn't something that needed to be passed on. It was they just changed his biological structure, and that's that's real, or it could be, in theory. Does that make sense? Still-
0: yeah, I suppose so. I suppose I need, that makes sense.
1: I need sense. to do more more research on that. It sounds kind of crazy. Yeah,
0: that. I mean, that that like you th- you said the other topic was a rabbit hole. My goodness, mm-hmm. this one sounds even worse. Yeah,
1: when I when I stumbled on that, I was <laughs> You're
0: like, that is a different topic. Got it sounds like there's there's. I mean, just just from the the name alone, it sounds like that could be an interesting topic in general
1: mm-hmm.
0: like retroviruses. Cause what it sounds like to me is it's like normally a virus is debilitating. This sounds like it's the exact opposite.
1: Oh, well the retroviruses are super bad news, but, Oh, but okay. a, I think they could be used. I think that's the, yeah, I need to, I need to read more about this. I think well, that I mean, like they, they are, they, they are bad. Okay. But I think, I think they can be harnessed is the idea.
0: Well, I mean, it's no different than what we talked about eliminating vaccines or eliminating, uh, what was it again?
1: Uh, extincting diseases. Antibiotics. Disease. Antibiotics, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. Both of them, both of them right? The, yeah.
0: the, the two of those topics. It came up in one of those two topics where we were talking about old diseases coming back. Yeah. And that they might not necessarily be bad coming back right now. Um, and I forget what the positive side of that was. It was something really weird, but maybe maybe there's some correlation between these two it'd be interesting to revisit that topic in relation to to this just to see but i don't know that's for a future time i think
1: so it's basically on the list. yeah thank you
0: so basically well what, what what we've concluded from this is that i guess logically it is possible right mm mm-hmm just in practice it is not possible it's difficult near impossible
1: it would seem I mean even if two of the objections still even if we had the ability to photosynthesize I don't know how how we solve the the problem of not being able to produce it's really it's not as efficient as, as eating right
0: no apparently not. So I mean like it sounded like it was going to be at the beginning but yeah. <laughs> but, but alas we were wrong.
1: We were wrong. But I don't know maybe as a supplement.
0: Yeah or, or maybe like an offset like I mean like we said about the the slug the slug only has to eat two weeks a year but it does still need to eat. Mm-hmm. Like I mean even if we could reduce that demand on the environment I mean a lot of people think, like us, eating cows. Well, not a lot of people anymore. But pre- previous to you know climate change being a huge topic,
1: uh-huh. uh,
0: a lot of people didn't really think there was any harm in the amount of beef consumption we have in this country or others. But like that weighs a pretty heavy toll on the environment. Uh, just because it, it is a normal normal condition doesn't mean that when you scale it up that it still is. It certainly is not. Yeah. So I mean, just reducing that load on the environment could be all that is needed, and I think that there's a lot more research being done on that in that vein of the how do we get people to be sustained off of less than yeah. trying to figure out how to make us like be sustained off of just the sun. That's a good point. Who's to say?
1: Who's to say you what know, will happen? It's kind of one of those micro changes that, you know, maybe if we did, if we did all. If, if we only had to consume, you know, one percent less, then, you know, that's that's a lot less calories that we'd all need, you know, collectively oh, as a society. Oh yeah. So, you know, maybe that would make a difference. Who knows? Maybe
0: just maybe. Okay. Well. Who knows? Sounds like it would just take a lot to get to get to the actual like photosynthesis in humans.
1: But... Yeah, but it's not. It's, it's not as out of the realm, far fetched as I thought it was.
0: No, I certainly thought we were going to find some science fiction BS. To be honest with you, but there's not like, a lot of science
1: fiction. Did you find any no, science there, fiction?
0: No, I found a lot of science, not a lot of fiction.
1: That's crazy. Same as you you. Would I think mean, that like, this would be one of those things that that people are all over?
0: Apparently not. Hmm. Okay. Well, ne- I mean, next week. What? Next week we're covering dinosaurs, which is like. Okay, so one of our like biggest episodes ever, not that we like fully dwell on metrics here, but we had two episodes in particular that had a lot of listens. One was Iron Man and the possibility of that, which I'm sure we'll come back to at some point. And the other one was Jurassic Park, which, again, I'm sure we'll come back to at some point. Yeah. So it's interesting. We've already done Jurassic Park, but we're going to cover dinosaurs as an impossibility. So what exactly is the impossibility?
1: All right, so we can go in a couple directions with this, but my idea was... Well, I'll give you some background. Sure. My daughter is four. She's close to the same age as your son is. Yes. I think they're six months apart or something like that.
0: I believe they are, yes.
1: Has he watched Dinosaur Train?
0: He has watched Dinosaur Train, yes, sir.
1: So my daughter... It's a show
0: show on PBS, by the way.
1: That is the only thing she watches. Yeah, it's a PBS (laughs) show where... PBS Kids, I guess, yeah. uh, Cartoon dinosaurs ride a train, and it has time-traveling capabilities... So they live in, an, you know, because dinosaurs live for like 50 million years. So you can't, you can't cover all the dinosaurs from one dinosaur's per, dinosaur's perspective. So they travel back and forth in all of the time periods and they, they're seeing, seeing different other dinosaurs and learning about their characteristics and, and some, some of the things I'm like, how, how do you know that Troodons were nocturnal? How could you possibly know that? That's
0: yeah. Well,
1: so that's something that I want to. I want to know how they know that.
0: So the impossibility
1: is whether
0: everything we know about dinosaurs to be true is actually true. Is that? A, I mean, that's a really generic.
1: I guess that's one way to say it.
0: Matter, but
1: okay. Like that, I, that works. Yeah, I guess it's it's partly paleontology too. Like, is paleontology possible? How much? How much is possible?
0: I yeah, guess. I mean, like, well, certainly, I think the the best way to find that out would be to like drop dinosaurs, like try to figure out a way to drop dinosaurs, like back into a studyable state. But I mean, like, the the conditions of the world are not the same as they were then.
1: Right. It's true. So and who's
0: to who's to know yeah. they would even survive? Like, and actually, who's to who's to even say that that's true? We don't know. I wasn't there. You weren't there. Like, the best we have are like. Some papyrus with like drawings on it, I guess, like but like that's not very it's certainly not scientific, but also just like not something we can quantify as truth is if somebody if somebody's like if somebody's researching our culture like fifty million years in the future and the one of the first things they discover is star trek we're in trouble, <laughs> or star wars, for that matter like they're going to think that like I don't know. We've regressed in some way when they find out that, like, at a at, at a later date, we were using like knives and swords, yeah. and they're gonna be like, "Well, but they had lightsabers. Why the hell would they use these things?" Like, it, you know what I mean? Like, I, I I would be far more interested in calling out the impossibility or potential impossibility on the uh, full truth of paleontology. I, I I like that direction. Okay. Just my opinion. Let's do that. Okay. Excellent. Let's call
1: it anything pertaining to dinosaurs that you want to know about, let's research it, and we'll talk about it next week.
0: <laughs> I think that's great. I love that plan. Cool. Okay.
1: Listeners, feel free to participate. Please.
0: Please. All two of you, just <laughs> say something. <laughs> Not you, Greg. Nothing from you. No, the rest Greg, of it, the the Greg, other, other listeners. Always
1: welcome if he's so inclined.
0: If he, if he is so inclined. I just don't want his new wife to get mad at our...
1: She had to know what she was getting into. It's not like they just got together.
0: That's true. That's very true. Either way, the other listener, please, for for goodness sake, say something. Let us know you're alive and out there. <laughs> okay, we'll talk to you guys next week. Yes. Thanks for joining us today. Visit impossiblethingspodcast.com to interact with the guys on Twitter, Facebook, and email. Questions, topic suggestions,
1: corrections, and rants are always welcome. Also, find more episodes and see sources referenced in today's discussion. ImpossibleThingsPodcast.com for all things impossible.